2: Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, you know what we have come to realize with each and every passing day is that elections do in fact have consequences. And elections are important not just for our day-to-day, but for the health and well-being and preservation of our democracy, which is crumbling with each and every passing day. Case in point, let's look at what the absolute fuck was happening in the Senate Help Committee this week. My God, I swear to you, folks, you know, when I come back out into the world to engage in the news after taking some much needed time to celebrate my birthday, recenter and ground, it's like I just want to go back, build a tiny home in the woods and be done with this place. Honestly. So GOP, Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, which also Mark Wayne, give me a break anyway, He decided in the midst of the Senate Health Committee, where they were discussing labor unions and the Teamsters president, Sean O'Brien, was there to testify before the committee. Mark Wayne Mullen must have had some type of flashback to high school where he thought that it was appropriate for a sitting senator to challenge the Teamster president to a fight. Yes, folks, let me just say that again, that a sitting United States senator thought that it was appropriate for him to challenge someone who sent a mean tweet about him to a fight. I want to express that this man Senator Mullen is not even the least bit embarrassed. He goes on Fox News later that day because, of course, all of this is a performance. All of this is the performance of toxic masculinity for his toxic constituency that put this kind of person in office to represent them. Then you look around at these states that have these kind of representatives and you look at where they are in education. You look at where they are In jobs, you look at where they are in health and wellness, you look at all of these things and you wonder why their demographics look the way that they do. So Bernie Sanders tried to get the committee hearing back on the rails after Mullen throws it off the rails by saying, you're a United States senator. But this motherfucker goes on Fox and says that that is Oklahoma values. To be an ignorant bully? That's the values of that state? Like, I just, I don't understand, folks, who the people are that vote and send this kind of trash to Congress. I just, I honestly, I genuinely don't understand it. I used to have such esteem. Hold Congress, hold representatives, hold senators in such esteem. I tell you all the time about working on Capitol Hill about the first time that I stepped foot on Capitol Hill and the pride and the history as you're walking through those hallways. And this is the fucking sewer rats that are there now. It's despicable and so unbecoming, but just so on fucking brand for the disaster that America has become because of Donald Trump. I'm telling you, I really hope that people are heeding the warning That Hillary Clinton offered on The View a week or so ago where she said, if Donald Trump is reelected, America is done. She tried to warn us in 2016, but America hates listening to women, right? Particularly those that are smart and powerful. So I pray to God that people are paying attention and not just shrugging off the shit that Donald Trump has been saying at his rallies and on the campaign trail, where he's talking about the fact that if he is reelected, he is going to what? Detain the people who don't like him, right? Yes. That he is going to throw those people in jail, that he's going to deport them, that he's going to build tents for migrants, that he's going to persecute and indict all the people that he doesn't like, that he's going to gut to the Department of Justice. He's saying all of these things, taking all of these authoritarian actions. And just in case you think that this is all a joke, I want you to understand that there is a billion dollars that has been invested in the Heritage Foundation. You can go look it up, heritagefoundation.org, and see their 2025 plan, where they have already in place all of the people that they're going to fill up our departments with so that they can dismantle them from the inside out. That in the first 100 days of a Trump administration, we are done. Democracy is finished and the Constitution is toilet paper. He is saying all of these things out loud. And just a reminder, this week in the New York Times, Jamel Bowie wrote a piece where he says very clearly, that everything that Donald Trump said that he was going to do when he was elected in 2016, he did. So when people tell you who they are, fucking believe them the first time. We do not need a repeat because, again, this will be the last time. Donald Trump gets in, he's not leaving. And just like we learned from testimony from Jenna Ellis, he had no plans to leave the last time. So, folks, understand that elections, dear friends, have consequences. You don't get multiple bites at the apple. Coming up next on the show today is the executive director of the Power Coalition for Equity and Justice, Ashley Shelton, who will talk about what is happening in Louisiana politics, why we should be paying attention and why it matters that we invest in the Democratic Party, not just in the areas that are blue, but that we build a pipeline in the areas that are red as well.
3: Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or O'Rourke, the next, an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safty and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there.
1: Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver.
3: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all, every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
2: Folks, I am very excited uh, to welcome to Woke AF Daily Ashley Shelton, who is the executive director of Power Coalition for Equity and Justice. And has been mobilizing black communities across Louisiana parishes for years. Um you know, let let's just jump right in, Ashley. but Be- before we started recording, um, I was telling you that I have visited now your state twice this fall after having having never visited. And you know, as a person from the East Coast, um I think that there are a lot of generalizations that are made about the South, right? Like that when, Folks see right wing governors and mayors get elected. They say, well, the people get what they vote for, right? Um, and there is this natural blame game that happens um, largely put on the shoulders and the backs of black people, right? They should have showed up, um, put on young people. We can't count on their vote. Um, so tell us what it is that you think that folks get wrong when they're making those blanket assertions.
4: Yeah, I think, you know, there's so many things that are wrong about those, you know, those, you know, those thoughts and and the way that people kind of try to unpack it and figure out who's at fault. I mean, the reality is, is that we had, you know, one of the lowest voter turnout rates for this state in a very long time. And it was black and white voters. Um, Black folks make up a third of the state, Um, you know, but there were plenty of folks that stayed home um, across the board. And I think one, um, you know, black voters, you know, like we also want to don't want to talk about poverty and -hmm. the power of poverty you know Mm because folks are like well what happened i was like racism and crushing poverty you know apathy led by crushing poverty and we have to be real about like what that looks like in some southern states um especially as louisiana and mississippi you know are on a consistent race to the bottom and we're the second poorest state in the country and so when you start and so it doesn't it doesn't, you know, make it okay that folks didn't turn out. It what but what I do think is important is that what it does say that is that people are experiencing a lot of pain. In their lives. And even though we have had so many successes um, with voters in the state of Louisiana, you know, working with our partner, Voice of the Experience, we have ended nine unanimous juries um, with a 64% vote of voters across the state. Um, and in this practice that only Louisiana and Oregon had, had in place, um, we have re-enfranchised formerly incarcerated people, you know, like we have expanded voting rights for the last five years, you know, like all of these things that are uncommon in the South, we've been able to have those wins. But even in the face of those wins, I think that, you know, they're incremental, right, for the people that are living in a poor state, trying to access jobs, outcomes, um, you know, and better, you know, better salaries. And the reality is is that the jobs just are not there. And the reality is, is that their experience, again, it's just a lot of pain. And so you can't look past that and just say, oh, it's their fault. Well, the reality is, is that, you know, again, people are going through a lot. And I don't, you know, I don't believe in shaming voters and and blaming them. I, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's like, we've got to go continue to do the work we've been doing, which is listening. Like, we've got to go back into community and do that deep listening, so that we understand where people, where people are. Because I think that, again, I know, you know, because I've done this job since 2015 and very proudly have worked with voters uh, and black voters in particular across this state. And we have done some really powerful things, including um, about to realize a second minority majority congressional seat. And so and of course, lots of folks have called in a question. Well, if you can't turn people out for a governor's race, how are you going to do it for these congressional seats? And, you know, I think at the end of the day, power is power. The people, the voters, black voters in this state fought for that seat um and they're going to show up for this scene. And so I think, you know, like I think it's about all the journey and the and the process that people go through and I think that we've got work to do. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. We've got to do some more listening. We've got to, you know, do like our friends in Georgia, start to really understand like what what is going to get someone to come out of their out of their house and go vote on on election day.
2: And that's what I was going to say is that, you know, what we've seen over the past couple of cycles, right, is that in, you know, Georgia, We've seen that Georgia did not turn blue overnight, right? Right. That there has been a lot of elbow grease and work over decades to get Georgia to where it has been a linchpin in holding on to the Senate, right, for Democrats, where it has been a place that we have seen, well, wait a minute. Why haven't we been investing in these places? Why hasn't the National Democratic Party been investing in these places that you've just allowed the Republican Party to run roughshod in? And so when you talk about the pains and the trauma, can you speak to, when you are listening to folks, what are they offering, right? That, that the larger mechanism of party is essentially trying to blow past and just shuffle them into a voting booth.
4: I think that what they're what they're missing is, is that, you know, when we're, you know, the Power Coalition for Equity and Justice is our C3. We do have a C4 uh, Power Coalition for Electoral Justice. But in our C3 work, when we're doing that deep listening in, in communities, you know, what they what we're hearing is, is that there's so much low hanging fruit that nobody's addressing. Right. Whether it's fines and fees that keep people in a never ending cycle of poverty and criminalization or addressing the, you know, you know, the zero to three child care you know, pipeline and access to seats and making things accessible to the folks in community so that they can attain uh, better jobs and actually have safe, you know, um, thoughtful, you know, child, edu- you know, curriculum based education for their children. You know, like these are all of the things that we don't want to talk about, but these are the things that we have been winning and bringing home on a consistent basis over the last several years. Um, and it has mattered to those voters in a way that we have been able to consistently be able to have a decent turnout. But I do think that there are a couple of other, you know, things that, you know, the machine kind of collapsed around us. I mean, we are a C3, mm. nonpartisan organization, you know, focused on black and Brown voters in the state of Louisiana in particular infrequent. And so we're talking to the voters, nobody's talking to. And so if, if the campaigns aren't talking to voters, if the party isn't talking to voters and the only one of the few groups is power coalition and all of our partners are the only people knocking doors you know, making phone calls, sending the text messages, doing events, um, and trying to engage folks in early voting, re-granting, Um, You know, we've regranted over half a million, and we'll do way more than that before um, before November 18th. And so, again, if we're the only, it, it just shows that we can't do this by ourselves, and we need more. You know, like there, the, the there has to be. There was no energy for this election. Yeah, I mean, nobody even knew anything was happening, and that was intentional. And also, too, like there's the part the citizen in me. Is also really frustrated that, like, you know, they didn't even spend any money and they did it on purpose. And not that I need them to spend money, but like that money is a part of how people know or what the signs are that there's an election coming up. There's a, there's a drumbeat to it. And that drumbeat just never, you know, and, you know, it never came to be. And even when we put the resources, we've done radio billboards, um, digital ads, streaming apps. I mean, we've done all the things to try to engage folks as much as possible. And what we know is, is that at the end of the day, like there just wasn't enough momentum and energy that we could create on our own. And so, you know, I do think that one of the things that we know is that when we listen, people move, right? Like they get more Mm -hmm. engaged. Um, And that, In a typical, and one of the reasons we've been able to be so successful in the past is that nobody's talking to Black and Brown voters, nobody, and especially if you're an infrequent voter. And so we've had those successes of changing infrequent voters to chronic voters, and being able to do this work in a way that has really, um, you know, made significant change in the South. But I do feel like, you know, in, in in Louisiana in particular, like Black and Brown voters need a political home, and we've tried to be that political home because they're not being served. It doesn't feel like they're being served in any way in the the traditional political infrastructure. And so how are we making sure that their voices are heard? Like, why are we one of the most, you know, one of the richest places in natural resources, but the poorest places in the whole, you know, in the whole country, the most incarcerated place in the whole country, um, actually per capita of the world, right? Like, so all of these things that don't make sense in the midst of such a, you know, such a rich state with so many assets, and then constantly putting industry before people. And so that's the work that has to happen is that, you know, we have to keep bringing people forward, you know, through a process of helping them to see like, you know, because I, I think nobody talks about the fact that things, um, you know, like things were better, but they weren't better, you know, like they hadn't gotten, you know, better enough for it to really matter to people in the ways that they they wanted. And then I think nobody talks about the, the real ugliest, part of this, which is that things can get worse, and I don't think we ever talk about what worse looks like, and and nor do we want to dwell on that either, right? Like, I don't want to give it, um, you know, give it life, but I do feel like that's also a part of this conversation, and also talking about leadership. I, you know, I've been frustrated. Um, you know, I tell folks all the time, we want leadership to be a positive value. And leadership mm-hmm. it can also be negative. It can also be there to hold the status quo. And at some point, we have to look at how we got here. And, and, and that all the folks that are in, in, unbelievable positions to be able to get things done. I mean, what this is an off year. I don't understand how, you know, when almost 45 other states to have absolutely going, nothing going on this year, and it's, you know, Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, Tennessee, Virginia. Like, I mean, it's a handful of us that have races, and you mean to tell me you can't raise money, you can't. Right. You know, that, does, that, that doesn't fly. That doesn't fly.
3: Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to math and magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast.
2: You know, it's interesting. The the other day, actually, I interviewed an investigative reporter uh, who was covering the Louisiana Fifth Circuit. Uh, and the disturbing case that came out of there about how these judges who are elected um, decided for 13 years to ignore uh, the the pleas of people that said that they were wrongfully convicted it's a central part of their 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 job. And yes. what I realize is that when we see stories like this, right. Both people inside the state and outside the state say, well, that's Louisiana. And I'm wondering how that narrative shifts if it is something that is internalized by the people of your state that are just like, well, they've never shown up for us, right? They lock us up. They throw away the key, right? Never to be seen or heard from again. They've destroyed families. There's a reason why Louisiana is one of the poorest states, right? Right. And it has largely everything to do with racism and Jim Crow and the way that land ownership has happened right, or not happened or has been stolen, right, over centuries. And so I wonder about how important it is to not only like to be able to tell the truth, right, to be able to shift the narrative that it isn't just the lies of racism that says that there is something that is wrong or deficient in black people, but there is something that is wrong and deficient in white supremacy that has fed a larger monster right, that has taken over your state.
4: No, absolutely. And I think that, you know, one of the things that's also frustrating is that, you know, out of the deep South states, right, Louisiana has been able to do some really hard things that we're now starting to see Mississippi addressing, you know, re-enfranchisement. We're starting to see the courts, you know, kind of helping us move the needle on things. But I, I do think that what what was such a missed opportunity in this moment is that, you know, there's no pipeline for leadership development. There is no, you know, like there are all these things that, you know, that have to be, re- that just have to be built. And I think for Power Coalition, we're going to, we, I can't live one more year where 50% of every elected official goes unchallenged at the state level um, because there's no one challenging them, right? Like I can't continue to live in a space where we're not developing a bench um, and a field strategy, you know, like a field that is, that you can touch, see, and feel that is really connected to folks and there's real, you know, deep connective tissue. And again, we've been building that and we have so much of it, which is why, again, we've been able to do really hard things in Louisiana. But again, now we're looking at four years of you know a really difficult uh, leadership style that does not prioritize the needs of anybody, much less black people, uh, black and brown people, and then you know, and then also too, no one talking about the economic realities of what this kind of leadership is going to do to a state like Louisiana. Mm-hmm. You know, the majority of our um, you know our state our state tax base comes from Baton Rouge South, so Baton Rouge and New Orleans being the largest of the, the cities in the deep in the, in the southern part of the state. Um, a good whatever is not industry is hospitality. And so then you have a Mm. governor that is, don't say gay, we're banning books, we're doing all of these things. And it's like, all of a sudden, the Super Bowl is not happening in New Orleans anymore in 2024, 25, whenever it's supposed to happen in New Orleans, all of a sudden, tourism is taking a hit. And we saw that in Florida. Yeah. But the difference is, is that Louisiana can't, Florida and Louisiana are not in any way the same. And also Florida is not nearly as poor as us. And and I think that there's still gonna be some backlash that we see from all of those businesses that were destroyed or decimated by, I mean, you could you could see it on TV that Florida was suffering, right? And also as someone that goes to Florida a lot for the beaches and to spend time with my family. I haven't gone in two years and I don't want to go. I don't feel safe there. And I don't want people to feel that same way about Louisiana, which is why we have to still fight. That's why there's still work to do. We've got a, you know, we've got a runoff on, our, on November 18th and we are, you know, I just left Southern University where there was a second line. They had about 300 students, um, you know, in the street, you know, walking to vote. vote coming, which is like the 50th, you know, anniversary of vote coming for Southern University. And so really proud to be with these young people and just reminded that um, we've got a lot of work to do, but, you know, there are young people that are with us, that are fighting, that are, you know, that are understanding what, what work has to be done. And, you know, and even talking to folks like Lieutenant General Honore, um, who, you know, is the Louisiana, loved Louisiana native um, and who, who now lives here, but he, you know, he just talks about democracy is fragile and if yeah. we lose democracy, yeah. we'll never get it back. And he said, and, and he said, and yes, there's lots of stuff that's broken, but democracy is not broken. The only way that it works is if you vote. And I, you know, and I was, you know, just sharing with him, I was like, I think that's the most profound, <laughs> simple breakdown of what we're, you know, like what's, ne- you know, necessary, and that what gets in the way of democracy is the fact that people are hurting. We're not creating the kind of policies and opportunities that, you know, make people feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. Um, and so we've got work to do. And I do, you know, feel like again we've seen so many successes. We saw the election of uh, Devante Lewis, who is the one of the youngest and the first openly gay, um, you know, black man to actually win um, a public service commission seat, which is, which makes him the highest ranking black elected official in the state. And so, you know, like, so, so, you know, it, so it is to say that like, we know that our work works, right. And we know that we're getting things done, but when you talk about a statewide election um, with every house seat, every Senate seat um, and multiple municipal races, sheriffs, et cetera, it takes, it takes more than, you know, it takes more than just one vehicle being the, the voice out there trying to move people and trying to help people believe in what what I know we've won and what we've, what we've made better. And that like we, ha- you know, we had we had Medicaid expansion when no one else had Medicaid expansion in the deep south. You know, we've, you know like I said, we've expanded voting rights instead of, you know, you know. Um uh, destroying voting rights, right and so even even as those suppression bills did happen and move through our legislature, we had a governor that could veto those bills, and so now we're moving into whatever this new um administration will be, and we've you know we've got work to do. We know we'll be playing some defense um, tell
2: tell us with the with the with the few minutes that we have left for those folks that are listening that um are not in your state but are like they want something to do. do you know what I'm saying? like how can they? Be of support, be of service um, to aid your organization in, you know, in 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 sounding the alarm on why people need to participate on on, you know, unpacking folks' stories and 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 getting, you know, to this place of feeling heard and seen. And then choosing to vote. What what can outside folks do?
4: Well, one, um, you know, the biggest thing I always tell folks is don't give up on the South. Right. Because I truly believe if you can't do if you can't figure it out here, you won't figure it out anywhere. You know, if if all the bad things in this country receded by Alec and other institutions in the deep South, come on. Yep and then brought wholesale to the rest of yep. the country in a very short period of time then all the good things also can be seeded here and brought wholesale to the rest of the country and so we are you know like so we need everyone to not act like we're a non factor right because yep. we, we're yep. actually not a non factor because in fact the folks with some of the most money and power you know are using us to you know see these ridiculous policies that are hurting um you know hurting our communities the other thing i would say is also support organizations like power coalition and other state civic engagement tables, and folks that are actually working on the ground. I think that people misunderstand um, how hard it is to actually knock doors and, you know, make those phone calls. You know, I think we've had almost 42 events, you know, this election season all across the state. Like that is the hardest part of the work to do. And so, you know, one, you know, definitely support us, powercoalition.org. You can volunteer to phone bank. Your phone number gets cloaked. You can phone back anybody in Louisiana you want to, but also too, to support our efforts efforts um you know more broadly through financial support and um and also talking to your family members we know that you know so many of our stories start in the south and so you know it's it's on all of us um, we've been asking everyone like call a friend bring a friend you know like commit to take 10 people through the voting process right um so that we can make sure that you know we're going back to those old school tactics of you know
2: making they work then you, you, you know they they worked. they worked so yeah
4: your need mama needs to call
2: (laughs) yeah yeah they absolutely they absolutely work well ashley shelton thank you so much for the work that you are doing for the work that power coalition is doing um for my reminding people that are listening uh to this show not to give up on the south not to just chalk it up because republicans sure as hell have not so really 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 appreciate you That is it for me today on Woke AF Daily. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck.